0: You are listening to the Brenton Wave Hour, presented by Exceptional Thieves.
1: Well, it was nice meeting you, and once again, my apologies for being such a clumsy fool. I'm
0: looking for a pirate, Captain Jack Sparrow. You hear me?
1: Nothing bad's gonna happen to you,
0: Do
1: you know how long I've been waiting for this moment? The risks I've taken to be here.
0: So Egypt was a long time
1: ago. <laughs> Egypt was a long time ago, but at the same time, not, because still now.
0: But like the fun Egypt, the exciting one that we don't talk about. Yeah, fun Egypt was ages ago. <laughs> oh,
1: Jesus. Egypt now. How do we start this? A less fun vibe has to be said.
0: When were pants invented?
1: Long time ago.
0: But not long enough for them to have worn them in like... Ancient Egyptian times.
1: I'm pretty sure the oldest pair of pants is like several thousand years old. Mm. But uh, I think, but ancient Egypt was like a million years ago. Yeah, but they just wore wore skirts. So tunics. Yeah, long. It's like a a shirt that just keeps going.
0: Yeah, which just seems impractical.
1: Everyone was just wearing like. The, the boyfriend's shirt look <laughs> with a belt boyfriend shirt with a belt <laughs> that was what everyone wore for several thousand years
0: and no sleep and hey
1: i, w- I think we should bring it back I, you know if that got normalized i'd be quite happy because it looks comfortable as all hell on a hot day it looks breezy on a hot day but so breezy how
0: much sand are you just gonna get up in your business
1: well where are you sitting
0: you know not even sitting, just when the wind blows. Is that
1: a problem for people wearing dresses? In Egypt. It's not just sand. It's
0: mostly sand. There's also marketplaces. Yep. What about indoors? But like ancient Egypt, sand. Well, no, that's just
1: that's just movies.
0: But did they have carpet? Yes. I don't think they did.
1: I'm pretty sure. They, they would have had they, rugs, right? They had a lot, yeah. Rugs would have existed. Yeah, it was rugs for a long time. Hmm. And then it was only like 100 years ago, someone was like, what if the rug but the whole room? <laughs> and they're like, that's bloody genius, mate. Oh, you mean, I never have cold feet again? A rug that goes all the way to the edge. Let's
0: put them in the bathroom. No.
1: What about a rug that you can't hide anything underneath? Someone was sick of someone always doing that. Like, you know what? I'm nailing this rug to the <laughs> ground, and it's going to be everywhere.
0: Someone kept making the metaphor: of, don't sweep it under the rug. <laughs> like, you yeah. can't now.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone who was sick of things <laughs> not being acknowledged. <laughs> it's like, you know what? We need to. We need to just. We need to call things to account a little bit more. No more sweeping anything under the rug.
0: Yeah, none of the sand that's everywhere. Is gonna go under this rug. It can yeah. come up my dress as much as I want, but
1: not but not under my under, under the rug. You sweep it up, you put it in the dustpan, you put it outside. Okay, yeah, that's how you build. It comes
0: back inside, in, a, an empire's clothes, but
1: yeah, obviously because that's how sand works. Are you envisioning the sand <laughs> being constantly whisked and whirled around?
0: Yeah, any breeze. So sand so in.
1: Egypt had a lot of sand and also a lot of wind.
0: mm Hmm. But haven't like, haven't you seen? But like, if you go you
1: for seen... a walk on the beach, yeah, you don't end up covered in sand. It's not
0: windy on the beach. It's there's too much water in the air. That's but what uh, it is. That's what it is. Because oh, Egypt, okay. Egypt is vastly desert and quite away from the Nile. Okay, all of that.
1: Egypt, Egypt just just to go back, Egypt is quite away from the Nile.
0: Or <laughs> well, like most, of, like a lot of Egypt is is vast <laughs> deserts and non, is it non Nile?
1: Okay. Yeah, that's what we call it. Yeah, the non Nile Egypt, Egypt. Egypt is made up of Nile and non Nile.
0: <laughs> yep. The non Nile Egypt is basically sand. <laughs> okay. And like it gets windy there, and there's, there's <laughs> yeah okay. And there's no Nile to like chill that wind out and chill that so, sand down.
1: So for thousands of years, everyone was just having a wretched time until they invented <laughs> trousers. Is yeah, that what you're saying? That's what I reckon. Okay. All right, well, welcome back to <laughs> National Geographic Uncut where
0: we just judge people for not owning trousers. Yeah,
1: well yeah. Yeah. Welcome yeah, welcome back to judging fashion of the past. <laughs> where we uh we make weird criticisms that no one's thought of before. Exactly. Of but someone is, should have. But someone should have. But they they weren't because every time someone tried they just sweep it under the rug. Welcome to Exceptional Thieves. This is a podcast where Isaac and I review and rewrite movies. I'm Sam. I am Tom. And this is the latest episode of the Brenton Thwaites Hour. Our special, the- special theories.
0: What a title though. Uh, I'm going to just brush that mix up under the rug. And yeah, just brush it, it under there, man. man.
1: Just reef that carpet up.
0: <laughs> sweep it under and staple it back down. And then down. staple
1: it back down <laughs> over the previous staples. Don't even worry about it. I like we do do a lot of special theories though.
0: We do have many theories on things we've most of them through, we make up in the spur of the moment. We've burnt through so a few of them just now. Things. But this
1: is our special series where we are watching and reviewing the entire filmography of Brenton Thwaites, King of Australia.
0: <laughs> Britain's best actor.
1: Britain's best actor Brenton, <laughs> Brenton Thwaites. Thwaites. And today is a very special episode because
0: why is it special?
1: It's special because we're talking about a special film. It's 2016 and it's Gods of Egypt.
0: Again, why is it special?
1: Because. Is it special uh, to you? It there's, there's just so much to say about this film. <laughs> Gods uh, of Egypt yep. is a 2016 fantasy action film directed by Alex Proyas.
0: Kicked off a massive director
1: franchise. Director of The Crow and iRobot. And uh, starring Nikolai Costa-Waldau and Brenton Thwaites as kind of the two leads. The lead heroes. I yeah. thought Brenton was the lead, but Nikolai Costa-Waldau, who plays
0: Horace... He's billed before Brenton. Yeah,
1: and he's kind of, He's, I mean, we'll get to it, but I feel like he he would be the lead in this. He is like mythologically. He is the lead of the story. And then Brenton is sort of our human sort of window POV character. It, but but which of them is the main character? I think that's, I that's think one of the problems. It,
0: yeah, that is one of the problems. One of the several. There's a few. Um, I think the film from the get go should have been Brenton as the lead and Nikolai as the secondary lead.
1: Yeah. Like, coming back like, to our current feedback of more Brenton
0: but even even if Brenton wasn't playing the character the character of Beck should have been the main character of the film
1: yeah well Beck narrates it from the end
0: yet yeah, from the start m- making
1: it sound like this is sort of his story. And it's yep. not really... Like, he does inform the story. He's
0: involved. He's there. Yeah, but he's not the... He... But he's there in the same way Samwise is there for mm-hmm. the Lord of the Rings.
1: Yeah. What's confusing... What well, one of the things that's confusing is the old Beck narration sounds a lot like Nikolai Costa-Waldau. <laughs> that, and that <laughs> threw me off the whole Until time. Until
0: you find out that it's not Nikolai, you think it's yeah. him narrating. His yeah, own so story. I was like,
1: does Brenton age into Jamie Lannister? Because I don't think that's... that's that, that's a real stretch
0: anyway well, that's how the, that's how the, the franchise proceeds haven't you seen the sequel also
1: starring Gerard Butler um, Chadwick Boseman, which is mind-blowing loved it uh, Elodie Young Courtney and Rufus Sewell who, which he was it was just sewelling around as he usually does and perhaps most amazingly Jeffrey Rush and Brian Brown
0: Yep amazing
1: now let's get some things out of the way straight up top Yep,
0: yeah. hit 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 me
1: we need to talk about you know the fact race that has a... always been a big theme of, of our podcast isaac <laughs> and we are two well-known commentators on racial yeah, issues we've got
0: such great insight
1: and this movie received some backlash some heavy criticism Mm -hmm. for its casting of almost universally very white actors in a film about the gods of Egypt. At the very least, it did not cast any Egyptian actors. Like, not even one. Yeah. Not even one for a joke. Yeah. So, (laughs) I get that, and that is a problem. What do you think about that aspect of the film?
0: I think that's... um the first red flag of of a quilt, okay. made of red flags. Red flags. Okay. I mean, if you, if your film is called Gods of Egypt, yeah, set in Egypt, yeah, at least one. <laughs> like, as much as I want Brenton to be in this film, yeah, an Egyptian actor, a nice young up and coming Egyptian actor, could have played Beck. Wonderfully,
1: yeah, absolutely. That has that has to be said. So, look, I I agree with those criticisms, and that and that is that is true. But thinking we- about how and why it happened, though, I can under I can imagine how and why it happened because, on one level, you think, "What the hell were they thinking?" Yep. But I can kind of see what they were thinking. First of all, five years ago is a slightly different time, and it's coming off the back of. Like this film would sort of see itself in the world of things like three hundred, things like Probably Clash, the yeah, or, or like Clash of the Titans, where, yeah, and these were you know where they're just green screen movies with big CGI monsters and like swords and sandals stuff, um, and those and so you can imagine how they would think they're going to get away with the same thing, because those old older cultures were sort of. Greek or Italian, I guess, kind of cultures. And there's just a lot more wiggle room there in terms of the ethnicity of your casting, in terms of what people will accept mm-hmm. when your film is called gods of Egypt. And it's very specifically in one country, which is a very uh, sort of spec- which is very specifically not, you know, Scottish. It just brings that to the foreground in a way that it wasn't so much for those other movies. Yeah, You know, even though they were drawing on cultural backgrounds of other, like, non-white or non, non-Western non European, non-Norwegian, wherever Nick like us well, to Danish, non-Danish cultures, <laughs> non-white Australian cultures. And, like, it would be different if you made this, if you did a movie like this about gods of India, because yeah. the gods of India, Hanuman, Shiva, etc are still very much cultural entities that play a significant role in the contemporary life and religion and culture of people living in India. Mm-hmm. Those are current things.
0: The gods of Egypt. The, the gods AM. of
1: Egypt, not a lot of followers these days. No. Egypt is a predominantly Muslim country. people like you would I can understand being surprised, that people are upset about who you have depicting the character of Osiris. Yeah, right. On one level, I can see how that didn't occur to them. On another level, of course, the fact that it's Brian fucking Brown <laughs> is insane. <laughs> uh, that's an absolutely in- incredible so- choice, and it is weird that what like like it's. I just think it's a really interesting thing of once your brain flips. To the inappropriateness of it, that's all you can see. Yeah. But that's it's a whole brain flip and I can make my brain flip the other way to, to like to just not realising what a terrible thing you were doing.
0: From the get go though, like from the get like looking at the film, if you just invented a pantheon of new gods
1: That's the main thing they should have done.
0: And like invented your sci fi world that takes place in what is a different version of an ancient culture on our planet, yeah. where you have your flat Earth that flips upside down. You have your humans and your giant gods, mm. just inventing them. Anybody can play anybody.
1: Yeah, that's all. That's exactly what they they should have done. Yes, because it's not
0: based on any intellectual property. Like it's not a comic book inspired movie. No, it's not about a book. It it's is just a.
1: It is based on the Egyptian mythological stories. But of you could take of that. fights but of the conflict between Horace and Set, and so they have taken those stories, but visually and in terms of everything that's really mm-hmm. happening in the movie, yeah, it's it, it's a lot more science fiction yeah. than than uh, myth, mythology. Like I thought that when I was watching it, like it felt more like Star Wars. It felt or like Dune. John Carter
0: of Mars. Yeah, and like,
1: and it's funny you say that actually. Because I was watching, I've been watching some of the behind-the-scenes stuff and the making of featurettes that are av- available, oh, yeah. and all the people talking about the when they're coming up with the design of the movie and the phrase that they referred to to sort of guide all their decisions was "Planet Egypt," yeah, which I think you can totally see and like. Yes, I can see how they've come, which yeah, which were sort of giving like themselves Egyptian free reign. versions
0: of Marvel's Asgard.
1: Yeah, it's Marvel's. It's it's Asgard Wakandari... But yeah, it feels kind of like the pre the Star Wars prequels in terms of its CGI. ness if,
0: if it was a full fictionalized world like Barsoom, which is With, the the Mars that John Carter takes place in, yeah, it would be a much. It, it's like because it's, it's not a bad story. The story is no. fine. Yeah, and like everyone in it is fine. Like no one's a terrible actor. The dialogue's pretty shit. Yeah. Um, well, you got
1: Brian Brown in there.
0: If you. Just put it somewhere that doesn't never actually existed, yeah. It would just be so much more fun,
1: and they would have sidestepped this whole problem, which I think really hurt it, yeah. And like, (laughs) and it's because it's not important to this film really that it's in Egypt, no, it's not important to the film that it's the in the past of our world, no, you know, it's not like we're not meant to take anything from it, it like this alternate
0: Egypt. Yeah,
1: so so that that doesn't matter, and they don't even, they don't really draw on much. The way the, what ends they, up actually being only... on the screen, there's not that much Egyptian like iconography, no. really. Like I I know they are in there with like the the like Anubis and the dog god and everything else, mm-hmm. but visually everyone end up ends up just sort of being kind of birds, kind of mechan, mechanistic like hawkeye birds Uh and so they put and there's and there's pyramids i guess but just put it in a fantasy world put a couple of pyramids in there with like use some egyptian elements
0: yeah have you seen stargate not really stargate is a sci-fi film that uses the egyptian gods as though they were aliens so they take the egyptian gods and turn them into extraterrestrial beings that came to earth and inspired a religion well that stuff. is what they were everyone knows that's what they were I think. exactly um, it's there in the carvings people are holding lasers and that is a of doing your Egyptian gods because in Stargate they can be played by anybody they're just wearing a suit pretending to be a god yeah Well, and so like that works and it's not as offensive as white dudes playing actual gods
1: e- Egyptian people in Egypt yeah is what, what they're playing and i think the worst part of it is when we do see the common people a lot of them are people of color <laughs> yeah like when it, when it cuts to the crowd of people watching the coronation and stuff it's lots old. of them have like, like there's like headscarves and there's like they're very much coded as people of color yeah. so that's probably the much less defensible part of it and like the child that comes up at the end like, why aren't they all white Probably because that started that did clang for them visually (laughs) that all of the the villagers and townsfolk would be white, but so they are all Egyptian people, but the gods are from Scotland and Danish land, (laughs) yeah. Or Brian Brown, yeah, which I'm still not over.
0: No, it's it's weird. I think so weird. Here's what I want:
1: I I want all Egyptian cast, but Ra is still Jeffrey Rush.
0: I dig it. Because
1: he's, uh, you know, he's got that also friendly yeah. dad energy that Avon would be okay with. They're like, <laughs> oh, Jeffrey, what are you and doing? Also,
0: the Ra is so um, Absurd. apart from the yeah. world as well. Like, he's not involved at all. Yeah. No one's ever seen him. Yeah, yeah. The only person who's would ever be bad. seen him has been one of the gods. Yeah,
1: it would be bad, though. Like, no one's white except, like, the proper god. <laughs>
0: like, the one? The
1: most powerful one in like, the sky. The he's- one who
0: represents, like, He's a regular God as well, like he's, the one yeah. that a lot the one of who's Western like, like God, God. He's right.
1: definitely a white guy from Toowoomba,
0: yeah. like God, like the one true God, like the one the that we all definitely believe like, in because you know he's I mean? definitely real. Like yeah. that guy, he's definitely a white dude. Yeah, yeah, he's made in our image, obviously.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what else could he?
0: What What could he be? If we like, if we we're made in his image, then yeah. Well, what what would he be? I don't. How would he look like? He'd look like Jeffrey Rush. He'd look like, He'd look like a really bad-skinned Jeffrey Rush.
1: Because you know how everyone kind of looks like Jeffrey Rush? You know what I mean? Like everyone in the world. Everyone's got that quality. Like like you pick any human in the world, you're like, yeah, I kind of see see, it.
0: I could see Jeffrey Rush playing you in a movie.
1: Yeah, Jeffrey Rush could play anyone. He's one of those (laughs) chameleon actors. (laughs) I hear they're redoing Parasite, but all the characters are Jeffrey Rush.
0: All the characters. All the characters. Even the child. Yeah. They just shrink
1: him down like a (laughs) hobbit.
0: They do the force perspective. He does force perspective on himself. It's little Jeffrey Rush and tall Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey Rush can do it. No makeup. Yeah, just performance.
1: It's fascinating that none of the actors thought of this. Like no, like no one thought of it. No one.
0: Like if you if you start acting in something and you're like, hmm, yeah. How do you say yes? How do you keep going yes every day? How do you wake up every day and go yes?
1: Yeah, well, I think you just paycheck. it it got hard to keep track of the context of what you're doing.
0: Yeah, I guess.
1: Like everyone loved three hundred. I think Jared Butler would been like, "It's just three hundred again. Who cares?" But then, but, the, it's not but then the culture developed, and uh, we all got a little bit more attuned and <coughs> to these things, and realized, also, hang on,
0: the action sequences and the storytelling is so far different than three hundred as well.
1: Yeah, and I think this might have started as more of a 300 and then I think it might have, the story grew in the telling. I think it
0: would telling. have been sold to him as more of a 300 and yeah. sold to the actors in it as the 300. Yeah. Um, but it's not because... then it, like I from think from it just it got
1: away from them a bit, I think. This,
0: the The visual effects. It's clear that they spent so much and so much time and effort building their beautiful Egypt. And it is mm. beautiful. Yeah. That they just failed to put people in it. Realistically, there are so like, many shots of little Brenton next to big Nikolai Costa Waldo because for some reason in 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 this fictional Egypt the gods are like three people tall.
1: Yeah, the gods are people, but they're twelve foot tall and they can anamorph into other things.
0: They they can Power Ranger. They have into they suits.
1: Have, they have like sort of Pokemon. Yeah. evolution levels that they can go yeah. to to fight.
0: They have weird Iron Man suits that are inside them. Yeah. Um. But, every, like, so often there's just a shot of Brenton yeah. and he doesn't fit where he's standing. Like <laughs> that little bit where he falls off the waterfall onto the ledge below. Yeah. It is the worst so you see, like, he's standing oh, on a really green screen that, looking up at a camera. Yeah. And it is so bad. Well,
1: the whole thing is green screen. I know. You know.
0: But... like some of it blends in nicely. And if you can do some shots nice, why not do the rest of them? Because like the entire prequel trilogy of Star Wars was green screen, but that was 12 years before this.
1: Yeah. I think the special effects of it, they are, I think they create a really good looking world with their Uh special effects. And I, I think the, Gods, when they turn into their bigger selves and sort of fly around, Mm -hmm. it looks pretty cartoonish. Mm -hmm. But I kind of got on board with it at a certain point. Again, I think a lot of what made this film fail, because it did, It did, it lost money, and no one really liked it.
0: It made $10 million on its budget like i think the box office was 115 its budget was 140 yeah
1: so with i so with promotion and stuff i think they lost like 90 million on this movie i think part of that was just people's expectations and mm-hmm. i think that, i think this this film has a once you once you lock into its sort of b movie vibe yeah it all plays a lot better i think people were going in expecting some sort of prestige-y sort of cinema ex- experience That's and then what you're yeah it's supposed the, to expect this is kind of this film. well i don't i don't know necessarily it's
0: not it's not made to be a b movie or advertised to be a b movie it's supposed to be it wasn't a advertised blockbuster, marvel like a huge thing like it's supposed to be
1: well it wasn't ad- maybe it wasn't advertised that way but i think I think in their creative directions, that's what they've ended up making, at least somewhat intentionally. And I think the degree of humor in it, and then just the degree of bonkers stuff they put in, I think it codes much more as a as as a B movie and is much more enjoyable on that level. But the if the what in terms of what people were expecting, whether it should be a more sort of conventional like accessible Marvel movie. I think the kind of movie people would accept at that level was different in 2016 to now. Yeah. Because this is a, you know, we live in a post Sdaro world. So I think, I think there's a version, I think this exact same storyline, with the exact same aesthetic, tuned up editing, with a mostly Egyptian multiracial cast, maybe with a couple of big Hollywood names just to prop it up. Directed by James Gunn, you're making six, seven hundred million. Definitely. Because people would now respond a lot more to all of its bonkers elements.
0: Yes, Like Apophis, the
1: space worm devouring reality, etc. Yeah. People are much more into that sort of stuff now, I think. Now that Marvel has brought us there slowly.
0: Yes, Marvel is, has paved the way for more yeah. things to do that. Which
1: is not to like boil it down to Gods of Egypt is actually really good. It was just ahead of its time. But just that its style, aesthetically and narratively, like casting aside, is something that people just, I think, would not really into at this time period but would be more so now because now people want more weird stuff and this film's actually super weird and the and the sort of clunky animation style once i sort of just watched it like an animated movie almost Mm. then i could i could enjoy it a lot more because you're not waiting for some sort of hyper sort of realism it's like a Valeria and Thousand Planets kind of situation.
0: Yes, which so see, it's got
1: it's got like cult movie energy, which I don't I don't it think does, it's developed to that cult. At
0: least Valeria in a thousand and the City of a Thousand Planets, I think earns it because that movie was made with such care in every aspect of it, as though it knew it was going to be something like it. F- Part of it me just knew, feels like parts of this film were rushed so much. And no, like they didn't care about them. I think this film, like it made, it
1: lost track a bit of how bonkers it is. Yeah. And so then its tone got a little bit modelled, and then its marketing probably got modelled as well. Mm-hmm. And then I think there are just some, there are some technical flaws in terms of its, there are like, it's it's got some, shonky special effects but you can kind of look past that but I think the editing is what is what is what makes it look bad bad yes. a few times there's lots of action sequences where like it we're cuts just
0: from one angle to the wrong angle
1: it cuts to the wrong angle and there's just like one one and a half seconds we're, we're missing of movement to sort of sew everything together mm-hmm. so everything feels sort of jumpy and like you know what there's some are much better than others strangely but yeah, and the camera, it's always at, at a slightly odd... Because they've built their big CGI... Maybe we should work through the film, because I feel like all these points are most specifically directed I to certain scenes. We don't scenes. really
0: need to work through it. The, actually, they you know, Brenton's in that whole thing.
1: Brenton's in the whole thing. The also, whole thing, everybody.
0: The whole thing. Could you
1: imagine that? should also say, uh, written by Matt Sazama and Burke Sharpless, real name, um, <laughs> who have had a bit of a rough run as... As screenwriters, because their f- their filmography is Dracula Untold, oh. The Last Witch Hunter, Gods of Egypt, Power Rangers, and now they're doing Morbius.
0: Morbius, Yep. Oh. the Jared Leto. Okay.
1: So I'm now very excited to watch Morbius.
0: <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm excited to watch it in general. Mm.
1: And this so this film had lost quite a bit of money oh and received. Five nominations at the 37th
0: Golden Raspberry Awards
1: for director, screenplay, and Gerard Butler got it for worst actor.
0: Screen combo. And that was any two Egyptian gods or mortals (laughs) were nominated.
1: Pretty harsh. Pretty harsh. But didn't win any. No, just nominated. Didn't win any. So.
0: Is that a good thing? It also didn't well, win did they... any of the awards that it was nominated for.
1: No. So, Isaac, did you like Gods of Egypt? No. <laughs> I did. Good. I did. And, and the more I think about it, the more I like it.
0: I didn't like it even the first casting time I it. aside because I saw this at the at the pictures.
1: Oh yeah, I've never seen it before. Soon I just it saw it, it in the last couple of days.
0: I am like, fully on board with watching a superheroes Egyptian film. Yeah. Um.
1: So. In the story, there's a prologue, and they tell us who the gods are. And then the gods couldn't shape the fate of the world alone, so they have to sort of work with men somehow. Um, and there's Osir, there's Ra, who's the su- who's in charge of the sun. And then there's Osiris, who's king of or god of Egypt. But there are lands outside of Egypt. We don't really see them.
0: We but- don't. I don't think there are lands outside of Egypt in the context of this film. Well, the Nile goes across the entire disc world. This is right. This it's a disc world. Yeah, the Nile just goes from one end of it to the other. Yeah, it flips to show you the underworld. Yeah, and it's just a disc floating through space. Yeah, so there's no other world. There's no the the rest of the globe. Yet another
1: way in which it doesn't need to be Egypt.
0: Yeah, it's a sci-fi film. Yeah, so. Gods Once of I realized space. That. Gods of space. Yeah, yeah. Gods of gods of
1: disc disc world, and I think like if this came out now, it would inter. You could interact with all of the flat Earth discourse. You could, well. <laughs> you see know? when the flat Earth make, thing happened, like it would make it much When it more shows zeitgeisty. you that shot
0: for the first time, I'm like, oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy.
1: I loved
0: it, and I. So anyway,
1: <laughs> so 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 Osiris is god of the of the of the disc, mm-hmm. and so then we get immediate Brenton. Straight up, and ev- everyone's obvious comparison point is he's just being Aladdin and he steals uh, something for his girlfriend and brings it back to her. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're very excited that the coronation is happening, so there's going to be a transfer of power from Osiris to Horus, played by uh, Jamie Lannister, god of the sky. So, and so then we cut to Horus, who's like hungover. Uh, and is tall like someone from Avatar. And so Nikolai Costalwaldo is in this movie...
0: Literally like someone from Avatar. Yeah.
1: He's in this movie very much playing Jamie Lannister.
0: You reckon? Yeah. Like... Playing... To an unsettling like degree. Second he pl- season Jamie Lannister. He is
1: playing a sort of somewhat, maybe sheltered, or but, but still physically proficient, princeling who is aristocratic and sort of callous with regards to his power, who receives physical deformities and is ultimately humbled across time and learns the value of people in lower positions than him and to, and is ultimately redeemed through that process. Yeah. <laughs> and I, for one, am happy to watch that again. I was, happy, I was like, Yep. I was, was well done the first time. I loved it the first time. I will watch it again. Well, you loved
0: it in... Yeah. Like at the same time as this,
1: yeah. Because true with the Planet Egypt thing, yeah. it just kind of it kind of looks like Vegas,
0: like the whole like time. What everyone's ancient Vegas might have been. Yeah, like it l- ancient Vegas. It looks like
1: which is a great movie. Imagine Let's watch that.
0: Calling it Planet Planet Egypt would have been a better movie. That would get you it there. Planet Egypt it, it 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 removes it away from Egypt. Even yeah yeah
1: because Planet Egypt is a good idea.
0: It's a it. It it rolls off the tongue, yeah.
1: Planet so just, and still be a bit weird that everyone's white, but you're a step in the right direction of covering your ass yeah. for when everyone's goes when for when Twitter goes. Um, but yeah, and this, and this room, it's it, it felt like sort of the the penthouse suite that he's woken up in after a big yeah, after a big night out. Yeah and and um, yeah and the people are massaging him and stuff
0: flops into this giant bathtub yeah touched
1: yeah and so immediately he is very big and there's normal sized humans around him and it's it is it's quite uncanny valley it's I think just I think the CGI is actually done quite well just your eyes can't adjust to it
0: for the the people being large that CGI through the whole film is done well like, yeah. The force perspective that they use, the, ho- the whole Lord of the Ringsness of people being taller than hobbits, mm. is done quite well. That's yeah. not the CGI that's bad in the film.
1: No. Yeah. No, it's just kind of unsettling. Because they look. <laughs> it's visually unsettling <laughs> yeah. to look at.
0: Because they move at the regular speed of a human. When you make a giant in yeah. a movie, they always go slower.
1: Well, if they were bigger, it would be less weird. Yeah. You know, if, if they were if they were
0: giant giants,
1: if they were twenty feet tall, mm-hmm. then you could deal with that better. It's the fact that they're just like forty percent bigger. Yeah, it's the fact of, that we
0: come up to waist height. Yeah, and no, no taller.
1: And when you know, like, like because like Brenton is taller than Nikolai costa waldau
0: I've In seen them standing life. next to each other. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and so when you know the actors are about the same size, him just being that little bit bigger, yeah. It it does look good, but your brain can't quite get used to it. (laughs) Um, And so Horace's girlfriend is uh, Hathor, the goddess of love. Um, She's got a bracelet with loads of diamonds on it for all the demons that he slayed for her. And, you know, there's, there's a little bit of conflict between them. And then everyone sort of turns up for the coronation. And all the... Egyptians come into a watch.
0: <laughs> We're going to call them the townspeople.
1: The townspeople. And Osiris, who's played by Brian Brown, which I will nev- <laughs> never get over. <laughs> even even if you're going, okay, what other white actors can I put in my roles of Egyptians? Brian Brown, as a, a god, I mean, I'm sure he's a lovely fella but he's, and a talented actor, but he's not a god. No, he doesn't have that god vibe. He doesn't have all the other gods have a god vibe.
0: In this film, Brian Brown could be Brenton's dad. Yeah, you'd see him he as is, a downtrodden. He's a
1: ta- he looks too a worn. Town person. He's had too much Australian sun on him. He has to be <laughs>
0: to be living in the you, in the palace. It's a stretch to see Jeffrey Rush as a god. Yeah, it's a stretch to see Gerard Butler. As a god,
1: yeah. Well, see, Gerard Butler, Set has been out in the desert, having hard times. Jeffrey Rush is old and has been having a heck of a time with that space worm.
0: If Brian, (laughs) Brian was Set, who'd been out in the desert for a long time, yeah, he'd suit that role. But also, Brian's god. If Brian was playing a god, he can't be like twice as tall as a human. Brian's god would be human sized.
1: Yeah. Well, he's a man of the people. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's 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 absurd. the
0: first weirdness.
1: And Set turns up with his. Could you imagine
0: you're casting white people to play your gods? Yeah, as you do, as as you are. Because these are powerful and characters. You're filming it in Australia, so you're using Australian people, and sure. you don't just get Hugo Weaving to play the god. Could you imagine very, that? Could you imagine? Very good point. Could you imagine like just making the conscious decision that you're hiring white people to play these Egyptian gods and being like, "Yep, cool." obviously hugo obviously,
1: this is hugo Weaving. yeah no i i reckon i reckon hugo would have turned it down <laughs> i reckon hugo would have <laughs> would seen have which like, way the mm, wind was blowing what? But... Yeah. Uh, i mean if, if this was 20 years ago i'm straight in there don't even worry about it <laughs> but now not so much um yeah. so gerard butler turns up and uh, first of all, so it's kind of like Maleficent turning up to the christening, and it's oh, it's it,
0: definitely like that. He comes in all happy and all cheerful. Yeah. He's like, "Hey, and my to his, brother!"
1: Not really sure where he's he's been like out in the desert doing something.
0: Uh huh. He's been basically um, Hades, but in the desert instead yeah. of the underworld. Yeah, you know how the entire story of the Disney's Hercules movie is about Hades hating on his brother, and just deciding to kill his brother's son and that sort of stuff. Yep. That, but it's that Egypt.
1: Well, that's what a lot of mythological stories are: brothers it's all and brothers stabbing brothers each other, and arms and and eating and people, and mothers and sons, spell, and spells on clouds and trees, talking to sisters, and and people turning into animals. A lot of that. Yeah. And there's the desert, which is different to the underworld, the afterlife. Yes, and the afterlife I think is different to the underworld, which is where you go if you don't get to the afterlife. You
0: go to the underworld to go to the afterlife. You have to go to the you underworld, to walk, walk, to walk through, through the, the nine al- gates, and the last one gets you either into the afterlife or, or
1: oblivion, which oh, is oblivion. the other place. Yeah, the, oblivion, the good kind, or oblivion, the bad kind. Yeah, yeah,
0: the two kinds, and, and the, one of and them all is of, horrific to witness. Yeah, and one of them is just like, ah, oh, okay, it's Thanos dusting.
1: <laughs> or well, you get you get absorbed into the infinite of nirvana, I yeah. suppose. And all of that, however, is different from the realm of chaos represented by Apophis the space worm.
0: Yes. Yeah. But it, we don't even see. What, a lot of good. There's what, just. A well, space you can't.
1: Worm. You, you, you can't. For Some reason you can't see inside the worm. I'd Space I say.
0: space has a worm living in it. There's
1: space space, and then but the worm. But I think the implication is the worm isn't within space. The worm is is traveling through space, but represents a threat to space itself. So there would be a way to get outside of this entire reality, I like which I think, think Set is trying to do at the that, end and reshape it.
0: Um, Ra in his little boat, yep. in his little sailboat, is fighting this worm that just keeps circling the globe. Sorry, the disk. Yeah, circling the disk wanting to eat the disc, but he keeps getting fought off by Ra. And I'm like, couldn't you just, like, pilot your disc somewhere else? Like, away from the giant worm so it stops, like, look, hunting your disc? Isaac. Your sick disc, bruh.
1: It is a sick disc. Who are we <laughs> to question the ways of Ra? Uh, we're, okay? not,
0: we're not gods, obviously.
1: And what he does is, he will eat each night. Ra is going to the the, the dark side of the disc, like Pink Floyd. And he battles the worm.
0: <laughs> he does battle that he worm. He battles the worm in the darkness. really tiny explosions. And then
1: he... And it, yeah, it's amazing that that worm It's works. amazing
0: that Ra, the most powerful god out of all of them, makes mm. psh, little tiny explosions on this giant worm. And it's just like, ah, oh, I guess I'll turn away.
1: Well, this is another thing I like about the movie, and I'm really into, <laughs> is all this discussion of what these godly powers and beings are. Mm-hmm. And... The attempt to try to get back to the ineffable origin of everything, which is because yeah, Ra created the disk, yeah, but he didn't.
0: He didn't create him.
1: He didn't create him, and he didn't. In some version of the Egyptian myth, um, Ra did create Apophis, but sort of by accident, where in order to create the disk. Apophis is the shadow version of it that has to come into existence. So you can only have the creation With by having the destruction action, an equal following it. Reaction. But in this in this version, Apophis is kind of just this other external mm-hmm. element. So Ra still doesn't know how he came to be originally. Yeah. And when Horus takes the waters of life, he says, is it, "Is it okay if I take this?" And Ra says, "I didn't create the waters, so they're not mine." Yeah. So it's not up to me if you take it. Yeah. And it's just like a little hint and just sort of left hanging there. I liked that.
0: I liked it. I'm a
1: sucker too. for that kind of mystical this is element. The
0: highest being in this pantheon of beings. Yeah. There's something that he knows nothing about.
1: Yeah. I'm a sucker for that sort of psychedelic mystical shit, I'm, which I was not expecting in this movie. And I'm really glad I'm that we got I'm a sucker for
0: a great big space worm. Yeah. Everybody loves the great big space worm.
1: And I love that the space worm came back. So we'll, we'll get to it. Set turns up and he, and he stabs Osiris. Oh, he just fucking stabs He's him. like, you know what? I'm sick of this shit. It's my but turn his now. His way
0: of stabbing is literally he gives Osiris a spear and says, fight me. And the dude's like, yeah, nah. No. So he stabs him. Yeah. There's no build up. There's no threat. There's no, you cast me out for years upon years. He just, fight yeah. me. Stab. I wasn't entirely and then he sure does his speech.
1: why Set had, had had to do what he did, and yep. why. What I needed was why he was doing this now. But
0: also, what was he doing in the desert? If he was, if he was asked know, to take care doing, of the desert for a long time,
1: just vibing,
0: like, just doing like build yourself an oasis, man. You are a god.
1: Yeah, probably just like like raking it like those little Japanese oh, sand It's gardens. a Zen desert. Yes, he's turned it yeah, into a Zen desert. All that wind
0: is just him going.
1: <sighs> just making shapes, spelling yeah. out the history of sand he, he, with his he hands. Loves dunes. There's he loves a reference. Building dunes, loves and moving them. Big dune guy. Yeah, yeah.
0: So if, if so it's, it's, not, it's not super years, clear, but just yeah, taking care of the desert. Yeah, and his bruv has been like, like chilling out in Egypt. Osiris
1: has been in in Egypt, being Jesus basically. Yeah, so being white Jesus. So this, film con- this film is a this a conflict between Sorry, Egypt, Egyptian <laughs> mythology. <laughs> And being Jesus. <laughs> and Osiris is Jesus at the start, and then Horus becomes Jesus at the end. Becomes super Jesus. He becomes super Jesus. Yes. And he's like, and now we will have Christian morality, which may not have existed in the oh, real the world. Speech
0: at the end, oh my God. Pretty, yeah,
1: pretty pretty rubbish. Anyway, <laughs> um, he's out Osiris. In a thousand years, all you've done is accomplish a race of people that dream of nothing more. So, because so so set is expansionist and acquisitive yeah. and materialistic, and he wants
0: everything. let see. That is not a bad line of dialogue.
1: There's a lot of not bad lines,
0: but then there's also
1: there's also a lot of bad lines. Yeah, and it's the it's quite disorientating the way <laughs> it goes back and forth between them. He says and he says now so gods bow before me or die, mortals worship me or be enslaved. And he basically installs a paywall on the afterlife.
0: Yeah. What I didn't like about the set that when he says gods bow to me or die, none of them like waited a moment and then they they all just immediately yep. And yeah. the only person to show any sort of hesitation is Brenton. Yeah. I don't think that's how a society would work. <laughs> like you wouldn't come into a board meeting, kill the the, 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 the CEO and then say, bow to me or die and expect everyone to immediately bow.
1: Well people
0: yeah, are quite proud. Look,
1: to be honest, there's a degree of sort of chaos in this story. <laughs> Yeah. that i can't that i just sort of got on board with That like yeah there's lots of gaps there's but they're not of... disabling gaps i just imagine oh that's probably just how it works but
0: see if, if 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 there are like tiny little moments of more between all of the rushed everything that is the film yeah the film would mean more to yeah. people to everything
1: there's scenes later in the movie where the characters chill out for a minute chat establish some emotional stakes establish their interrelationships and you get to take a breath and they strengthen it a lot and they're like okay I'm glad we did this now we can move on but you do really lack that at the start yeah. to establish the, what at people at are like the part
0: where it's kind of important at the part we don't where you're get that. Yeah. yeah
1: and and so, and so then and then Horus and and Set have the big fight in their animal form and it's all and it's pretty janky and stilted and this is, I yeah. think, this is one of the worst sequences where we're just where the the editing is just pretty undirected, and you and you feel like you keep sort of jumping too far between shots. And I think part of the problem here is they've created a beautifully looking digital environment, uh-huh. but you don't quite get to the level within it of having a sense of scale or position. So, nothing or everything feels so unreal. Yeah that it's not like your lord of the rings would have a digitally created environment around a physical environment that your actors actually interacted on that's yes. and what a lot of films will, so will do most films but the s- fact that this is entirely CGI except for some of the actors when they're not in CGI form mm-hmm. it makes it feel kind of weightless and i think it exacerbates the editing problems
0: yeah I think also, like, if someone like Michael Bay was to make this exact film, that fight sequence would feel so much more visceral Mm. because you'd actually, you, because Michael Bay would do a thing where you'd go to ground level and you would have a shot of them fighting up, knocking a tower or pillar over, and you'd just Mm. be in the dust with people for a moment. So you'd get both sides of it and it would actually mean something instead of you just follow these flying metal dudes around for a while, knocking down shit, clearly murdering thousands of people at the same time as they're fighting.
1: Yeah, the absence of the townsfolk, like visually, like you you know there's that crowd there, but you don't...
0: But then towers start falling down into crowd and we don't get to see... Yeah, we don't get to know what that means like, to those people. The pain
1: of the townsfolk should be the a lot of the stakes of the story. It should be what the gods care about. Yeah, and that's what Horus like supposedly starts to care about throughout the course or of the story. the pain through. of
0: the townsfolk should be shown, and the gods should give no, no, have no clue at the start. Yeah, and that should be clearly yeah. the metaphor for before the gods is yeah. that they. Clearly, only care about themselves at the start, and at the end, they care about the people.
1: Yeah, who or what does the gods are is part of the problem, though, as yeah, well. It's weird. Because, like,
0: what do they do? For like anybody? calling
1: them gods is basically confusing. They are just like aliens in Stargate, and yeah. they, they, they basically function. They're just they they're the lions in Lion King. Mm-hmm. They're just the top of the food chain for therefore, very, they are the for gods. For very like basic physical reasons. Mm-hmm. They can physically defeat all there are different species of human. yeah, Basically, that live for a long time and are physically dominant. And some of them have superpowers. And that and some of them have superpowers and therefore they can do whatever they want. And it's completely up to them whether they want to be nice to the mortals or or not nice. Yep. And I think um, I was watching, there's a YouTube essay by a guy called Big Joel, who... Big Joel. Yeah, it's funny because he's really small. Um, Adorable. And he's making the point that this is part of the problem the quote-unquote live-action remake of The Lion King had, where the anim- the 2D animated version, like it's a pretty terrible ethical system that the lions are supposedly engaged in, mm-hmm. where they're like, yeah, we eat them, but then we turn into grass. And then which, they eat our grass Yeah, which when think, we die naturally. Yeah, which I think, as I said before, was pretty cold comfort to the antelopes, <laughs> I think, because as I think Big Joel points out, whether or not the lions die, there's still grass. <laughs> so we don't need you to do that. But when it's that animated version, you kind of look past that because it's like it's a fantasy sort of story and like whatever, it's the lion king. Yeah. having a good time. But when it's just real animals it's harder to get past that. Like (laughs) at the start where all these animals are worshipping the birth of the next supreme leader who will literally physically eat them. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of what gets hard to look past here with all of the mortals sort of worshipping the gods, which they have no choice but to do. Mm -hmm. Because if, like, yeah, it's nice that Osiris has been nice to them, but as we know, you might get a Jerry Butler in there. If
0: they went down the route of with the, the character of Zaya who fangirls over the gods, yeah. if that's what it was, if the gods were just rock stars, if mm. they were just like superheroes yeah. and like, it wasn't like worshipping if it was fans mm. and like, you go to the, the concert of like the con, like this guy's going to be like the next, next big mm. one, not worshipping or like, If they weren't gods, if they were
1: just... Or if they weren't so direct, if they didn't have such direct, like, political power over the mortals. Yeah. If this is a world where there's gods flying around, and sometimes they come and fuck with you, and sometimes they do their own thing. But when they, like, when they're very structured as the aristocracy of this civilization, so they're deep, like, like, they're deciding what taxes are and stuff, you know, that just sits a little bit more awkwardly. Although in fairness to the film, it does address and discuss like the theme of how much power the gods have and what they are responsible for. Like Horace does discuss that with Hathor where she, like he's saying like, I didn't, I didn't choose any of this to happen. I didn't choose to be in this situation. Like how much power do I really have to like to have this situation play out differently? So Mm -hmm. the theme of what the gods are responsible for and what they, do actually have control over is within the text of the film um, it's, it's just, just a really important. difficult thing to depict in film really in a way to have like to figure out what emotional connections people should have with the god characters versus the mortal
0: characters yep. um so what anyway, happens he Dry rips wins. his eyes out tears his glowy glowy eyes out which is cool they've got gold for blood for some reason i
1: love i like i like gold for blood Gold. For, it's it just looks weird, weird. It's coming also, out of white people.
0: It does, but also I don't know
1: why that makes it more weird.
0: Um, gold for blood. Yet they receive gold as tokens of of like good point thing. So like they're receiving hardened blood. Yeah. As
1: they forge goblets from their own blood. It's fucking weird. Pretty cool once you get into it. Um, and, and then, then we skip so then, to a year later. Yeah. So obviously that fight should have just been what the prologue was.
0: That fight should have been... And just been, start with a year into a set's rule. We have seen rule. that fight. I well, think or what, just have it be the, the opening film, scene. In the context of a film, they're gods. That fight should have happened several hundred years before the film takes place. Yeah, and Horace is and more Horace like, uh, like a hermit. Yeah. And he has so, to be
1: drawn down from the mountaintop yeah. rather so than just someone who's h- just had a year off. Like a
0: hundred at least years of slavery is... As mm. sets like taking control of of Egypt, and now all the of the sick disc are, of the, the sick planet Egypt, and now Beck goes on his quest to find mm. Horus to save him. Beck
1: uncovers a scroll. Everyone, no, everyone thinks Horus is dead. Yeah, that'd and be then great. Then Beck discovers a scroll, or Zaya helps him discover the scroll things mm. maybe horus cuz if horus is still alive if we could get him his eyes back then he could overturn the evil empire exactly yeah cuz that it, feels rushed as well it does to do the fight and then it's only been a year okay now we're fixing the problem it's like so a story happening on this scale of like reality eating worms like a year is nothing <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> these people live for thousands of years like a year is a week to them yeah like and, this like, whole story happens in a weekend from a god's perspective it
0: does a year and then another weekend But yeah, the prologue The prologue should have been five minutes Shown that fight, shown yeah. the king die Like the like the, the opening of Fellowship Yes It should have just been the opening of Fellowship And then the story starts with yeah. Frodo Beck Just like yeah. stealing a dress Frodo for Beckins. his hella hot babe Yeah And taking the dress home and watching it yeah. get changed <laughs> Sure that's that and then like Yeah, because he has
1: to steal it because of poverty because they're
0: enslaved by Set. Yeah. But and they're still rich people. And they
1: all have well well, they all have to get rich because Set has introduced uh capitalism. Exactly. Where money is the only way you can acquire worth. <laughs> but so, so Zoya Beck's Bex, Bex is, Zoya works for Rufus. Zaya, not Zoya. Zoya's
0: Zaya, the other, the Z- other
1: film. Zoya's from the previous film. Yeah. Zaya is um, she's, she's talking to Brenton to one
0: of the rich guys, yep, and Riffle Brenton Sewell, has found her, who's the architect of the big tower, yeah, and many other things. Yeah, he's Seth's favorite architect,
1: and she's like, "I think the eyes are in this treasury, and if we get them, that will be good because be she good loves Horace." And Beck's like, "Gee, I guess. How do we get in there?" And then there's elephants dragging big carts tonka of gold trucks, yeah, clearly
0: designed tonka trucks <laughs> being just dra- dragged by elephants
1: yeah love the elephants and so beck basically goes in and he manages to get one of the eyes
0: because yeah, there's only one in this scene and he has place. to
1: make it through it's and it's, it's kind of video gamey what we needed was when beck steals the thing at the start establish his very strong parkour skills that would be a way to have something like physically happening on screen yep. that's action and it establishes and you know this is a skill that beck has that comes back throughout the film that he can sort of like run and jump and get through small spaces like a hobbit in the mm. way that gods can't. So I think they do do a pretty good job of there being a reason for Beck to be in the story the whole time yeah. with all these gods, uh, but just have a have a parkour action sequence. So it's even make note number one, make it even more Aladdin-y and have him es- escape, <laughs> um, <laughs> escape that way, and sing a song. Yeah, uh, he escapes the scorpions. He gets back to Zaya, but Rufus been is realized. there, and he does oh, a shit. and he. Does a American sniper rotoscope shot with his bow and arrow and shoots her
0: oh, as they're, as they're just, escaping, as they're evacuating on a horse. Yeah, on a horse, um, and
1: she says, "I love you forever. Death is not the end." Oh, wow. goes, which was pretty
0: bad. Yeah, like that's but, not as bad lines go in the in the film. That's mm, not one of the worst
1: ones. Yeah, but again, if you just accept it as a corny, hammy movie, like yeah, whatever, dude, yeah. say that. Um, so <laughs> he takes
0: her. For some reason, he immediately gets to wherever Horace has been. He hanging just goes out. to where Horus is, which is that's which... the tomb of the Osiris, is where Horus is hanging out blind. Yeah. Um. And then they have a fight. Yeah. Well, because he he says, "I've got your eyes. I'll give them back if you do something for me." So yeah. Horace's immediate reaction is, "I'm gonna kill you."
1: Yeah. Because you're a mortal, and how freaking dare you? So this is the the beginning of the relationship between Horace and Beck. The
0: sick bromance. So
1: this is meant. This, I think it, like this needs to be a sick bromance at the heart of the movie. It Does. And it doesn't quite get there. Um, no, it doesn't. And yeah, it's partly the problem that Brenton is a leading man, but he's playing.
0: Brenton is definitely a leading man, but they've written the character so he's as like, though he's not a leading man where he should be. Like
1: he's. They, yeah, the character is written more like an animal sidekick.
0: Yes. It's it like a Shrek and Donkey. Like, Brenton's character should be written for Brenton to be the leading man. Yeah. And Nikolai's character should be written for him to be kind, the, the guy yeah. who needs help to to become the hero.
1: Yeah, which and so make that king kind of, like, oafish or cowardly well, or yeah, something. Well,
0: been have had the past fight that he had. Have fucked him up so much that he's cowardly yeah. and he's not all the f- powerful.
1: Yeah, the fact that Brenton is is the comic relief. Yes. Yeah. just sits a little bit Cause he's, awkwardly. He's he's a little he. A d- look, man. he does a great job of it. I think. Great. I think he 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 lands all of his comedic lines. I was just surprised, like <laughs> when it like because he's been the lead. He's been the main character the whole time. He's our the guy who's going to change he's the system. Everyman. He's the everyman who's going to change the system. But then when he's standing next to a big, tall Jamie Lannister, he he turns into the Chris Hart to his Dwayne Johnson.
0: Yes. And they
1: can't <laughs> quite sit like that. Like, that's same, the relationship. Same high difference, too. Same high difference, <laughs> proportionally. And that's, that's the dynamic they're sort of needing to have. And, like, Nikolai's like just a bit too much of a just an out-and-out out villain. When he's meant to, when he really is like the hero, hero, like yeah,
0: yeah, the fact that he just almost
1: like he gets to the end captates
0: Branton. for yeah. a, a, a long time. Yeah, like the it's not like a short little swing and, at him and then stop.
1: And look, Costa Waldo, he can be a villain who undergoes some sort of redemption. Uh-huh. He can't be a benevolent Aragorn at the end of the movie ruling. The yeah. kingdom. No, because do I don't at trust the end him. Of a trilogy. Maybe. You can't do that at the
0: end of the film.
1: Yeah, like it's such a long journey, and I still don't trust him in, in that role. Like, no, like we get it, you're good now, but you're not in charge, <laughs> Jamie Lannister.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. care if you lose both your hands. Um, But yeah, so he gives him back one eye because that's all he's got and says, um, I need you to save my girlfriend yep, who's, from death.
1: who's dead, but not really. And Anubis is leading her through the along the walk the
0: nine gates the nine gates and Nikolai basically goes if you help me get my other eye I'll be powerful enough to kill Seth and then yeah I can
1: and they, he tries to do a little ceremony and he says stay with the living oh, stay with the living so cool and look some of the stuff it's kind of hard to think of a non-lame way to say it yeah <laughs> I don't know what the they o- said But the, yeah yeah, I, 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 I did think it was funny. Um, uh, Horace lifts Brenton up and is choking him, and he asks him a question, and Brenton can't answer because he's choking him, and he, Horace and has to like realize, oh, and like puts him down. <laughs> <laughs> so there are a few things, you know, some of the jokes I thought really worked. So then we, so then back, sets talking to his soldiers, sending them off to go and order more to the, um, get more of the land. There's giant scarab beetles now. Fucking
0: um, cool. Yeah, definitely Planet Egypt. Yeah.
1: Set uh, finds out this mystical thief got one of the eyes and is, like, sending people to go and get them. Brenton and Horace climb up the cliff. They say they have to kill the desert itself by putting out the fire. Set has a fire in the desert, which is, like, his life force. Yeah. And they have to go and kill that. So he needs to pray to Ra. So they go up to the top of this thing, and then they transform, and then they fly. He flies into space, holding Brenton, and they land on Ra's space boat. And it's Jeffrey Rush.
0: That's the only line that I don't like that Brenton says, is when he transforms after praying. Brenton, being held by him while they fly through space, just says the word, impressed. Ha!
1: Yeah, they put a lot of those sort of quippish things in there.
0: I don't like that one in particular. It just
1: makes his character a little inconsistent. Because he's supposed to be our
0: hero. He's the
1: hero. He's in a real bind. His girlfriend just died as far as he can tell. So yeah. it's weird that he's doing so many quips. Yes. And like he he is desperately trying to resurrect his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So it makes it hard for him to be the comedic relief yeah. as well. I think it's good that he does have that uh, that sort of acute motivation to get her back. See. I th- before that happened, I th- I was thinking, oh, he needs more connection to this afterlife thing. Like his mother is dying, mm. and if she dies with set system in place, she won't get to the afterlife. But if they flip this system back, then she'll then she'll be okay. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be something like that.
0: But then his girlfriend we- got snatched. Yeah, which if it, it was
1: something like that, then he could be funnier throughout the story because he's not in such...
0: Yeah, he's not as emotionally attached to his mum. Mm,
1: yeah, it's the writing of those two, that I think, that <laughs> stilts it a little bit. It's,
0: just, it's, it's trying to find writer.
1: the right cliche to fit them into or yeah. the right established character dynamic to fit them into. It and sh- so It could I... also
0: be that the entire thing is about trying to find Horace and Horace isn't even in the film until the end. And it is Brenton's story, and a couple of other humans who go on this adventure to find a god. Brenton
1: of Egypt. and a couple of buddies. Yeah. One of them dies.
0: Yeah. So that the gods of Egypt fight each other, but you have to go find him and then convince him. So the first act, yeah. more than the first act, is trying to get to the god, Horus, and then teaching the god Horus how to fight again.
1: You got your three mortals: one girl, two guys. You've got know, the main hero whose girlfriend dies at the start of the movie and he's trying to rescue her by yep. getting to Horace. Yep, yep. And you've got his best mate, who's the comedic relief. And, and then you've got then, the smart girl. And then you've got your yeah. yeah. Who, who oh, knows all the Aren't maps? we good at coming up with original ideas, Isaac?
0: <laughs> she knows all the maps. We
1: just, we need a Harry Potter trio to do a Harry Potter <laughs> story.
0: But Yeah, yeah something Planet like Egypt. that
1: might have been good. Planet but Egypt. In, yeah, Harry Potter but Planet Egypt. Yeah,
0: Harry Potter but
1: Sunkissed. Harry Potter and the Discworld. (laughs) But But he has to save Ginny from...
0: Daniel Radcliffe plays the sidekick character. Brenton still gets to be Brenton. And Daniel Radcliffe is the sidekick
1: character. That would a thousand percent work. It would. Daniel would love that. Daniel does not want to be the main character ever again,
0: I don't think. Daniel's a pretty good actor, though. He's getting there. I like watching Daniel do acting. Yeah. Have you seen Guns Akimbo?
1: No, but I would like to.
0: Pretty great, actually. I want
1: to see Harry Potter get guns nailed to his hands.
0: Mm. Looks very painful. And he wears slippers for most of the film, which is hilarious.
1: Yeah. But
0: yes, uh, so they go, they climb so the cliff and I'm, fight some weird bull-shaped men. I um,
1: well, well, no, so he flies to space. Oh, they go to space. That's and cool. I, when Jeffrey Rush, with a big white ponytail, no beard for some insane reason, <laughs> fires his laser spear at Apophis the Chaos Worm. <laughs> And to defend the disc world yeah, on with- his space literal ship that tows the sun and he screams across the universe, you shall not feast
0: on my creation. I was on board with this film. What I wanted of that is when cause cause Ra gets double big. Like he's 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 god sized, but then he gets double big so that yep. that the gods are human sized to him. Mm-hmm. What I wanted is for Ra's bigness to go extra big, and he uses the spaceship as a surfboard. Okay, so yeah. he's big enough to actually fight this giant worm, and his explosions aren't so small.
1: Yeah. Oh, so you want Ra to like punch the worm in the face well, with still his, using giant his God spear
0: explosion explosions? Yeah. But I want him to have the ability to gi- to gi- to giant, so he's actually physically capable of being able to. I would go like, toe to toe, throw hands at this giant space worm.
1: I would like Ra to Jonah and the Whale into the
0: space worm. That would be badass.
1: And then turn his spear sideways to to carve it in half See, from inside. See, that would be an awesome way. And then he re-emerges from the chaos dimension, but now that he's destroyed the darkness, he has also destroyed the light. And, and the he, disk he world settles
0: off into the world into the into the realm of nothingness. And the disk
1: world must collapse, only to be reborn. With a a new worm. Yes. And that's when history starts.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, see, I wanted giant, giant. And the gods aren't white anymore. Giant, giant Ra would have been much better than just doubly giant Ra. Yeah. Because it was weird. How
1: big anything is or isn't is really hard. I know. And unclear in this film. But the worm is
0: so big. And his little, little tiny explosions... Are so lame. <laughs> yeah, like so lame. Look, it's like, like a Nerf gun.
1: Like you'd feel like Apophis would figure out a uh, way around this.
0: <laughs> like, you would think so. They you'd do. Like, they oh, like they that do. Stings a little bit.
1: Like they do this every night.
0: I know. You'd think by this time. <laughs> every night. It's it's literally years. like like a, a massive pof- German Shepherd coming at you, I and you're shooting that? it with a Nerf oh. gun. Oh, I got hit by a... No- huh? Oh. 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 <laughs> so it's like you you pinch him in a little spot. It's like, Ooh, ow. Ooh. Oh, ow. Oh. If I... After a few hundred years, I'd
1: probably automate that spear as well. No, every... Same time every night. You'd know when to do it.
0: <laughs> it's also... Maybe the explosions have to be small enough that the people can't see them down below. Okay. Wait, no. But well, no, but they're above at that yeah, point. Yeah, the worm's only on this side of the disc, even though the disc flips. Yeah. Like Meanwhile, we see it flip.
1: and so Horus gets the waters of life, or whatever.
0: Imagine the worm is circling on this on the underside of the desk, yeah, and he's that's where he's fighting. He never thinks to just go around to, <laughs> to the top side.
1: Well, I think the worm comes out of the chaos dimension and approaches Ra's creation, and then has to retreat back. Like because yeah. I think when set. Stabs throughout the end. He like opens the portal to the upside down. Yeah, and that's how he's able to go <laughs> through.
0: Down. I also love the um, mid nineties video music video effect that is the good afterworld closing and opening. Yeah, it's just like a mirror. Like, yep, you're welcome. <laughs> Envelopes are in. Yeah, the
1: whole thing is a real sort of Mortal Kombat feel. It's
0: so strange. It's weird when you see a, an entire entirely CGI film that Sucker Punch is better than.
1: Well, I mean, you trade your poor racial politics for poor sexual politics. Yeah. But other than that, yeah.
0: Mm. But then I think Zack Snyder cares a lot more about the way his films look.
1: I think the people involved in this film cared a lot about how it looked and put a lot of effort into it it's just insane, it is and, very insane and unexpected and so ultimately a bit disjointed yeah. so but right. if it was I am very triggered by a perceived lack of care in a film <laughs> that's not what I see with this
0: that's okay
1: I see there's 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 weaknesses in scripting and in the story structure and in the editing but it just for me it feels like... Again, casting aside, it feels like a real swing for the fence rather than like, I don't think anyone's phoning it in here. Like, I've seen some criticisms of it that like, oh, it's all just super conventional, like cookie cutter characters Mm -hmm. and whatever. And like, yeah, kind of, but it's a mythological story. It's not meant, it's not like an indie Movie with all the, with the, like complex characters full of ambiguity or whatever. It's about mythological characters fighting space demons or whatever, and so Imagine. yeah, you aren't like breaking any new ground with your character structure, but I think I think it's it, it's a limitation not a weakness. It's just it's just not something this film is trying to do. It's trying to depict Planet Egypt and show some cool like space demon fights. So. Couple. everyone should just get off this movie's backs what i didn't say except for the casting you have to say that every time but if it was a fantasy and you leave the whole fact that they're not egyptian out of it all the casting is fine except for brian brown which is indefensible meanwhile back on earth sets having loads of battles he's riding around on his scarab beetle chariot with a big green goblin helmet on he comes back to this, who is his original wife and says nothing will ever fulfill me and he the welcome return to the Brent Throats filmography of someone getting their wings amputated and he slices her wings off and welcome he, return and they like turn into stained glass windows once they're See removed. I thought that was
0: cool that they turn into like the hierograph, hierograph, hieroglyphic depictions of what the yeah. wings would have looked like. Yep. That was visually nice.
1: Uh, Horace and Brenton sort of crash land back on Earth. They have a big fight with some minotaurs at the waterfall. Mm-hmm. Still pretty like weightless and, and That's disjointed. when we see the
0: worst CGI in the entire that's film. That's the
1: worst CGI of Brenton on the Little Rock. Still and doing
0: good stuff, but he just doesn't fit visually yeah. in there. Um, so
1: Horace, um, he, he nearly wins and he gets clunked on the head and Brenton sort of rides him down the waterfall <laughs> and Horace saves them. And so their relationship, like, does develop in a way that, like, I can see what they're trying to do. Yes. Where Horace slowly learns, slowly learns respect for this mortal, like my name, like when he says, my name is not mortal and stuff like that. Mm. And Brenton Beck does contribute to the situations they're in. And Horace does learn from him, like the, like the, let, the let's go fishing thing and the, the, the bait and switch stuff. Yeah. They do like pretty competently set that up and then bring it back at the end and Horace is only able to win because he's sort of learnt something from this mortal character Mm. so like that's fine you know like a terrible 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 film can't even do anything like that no you know I think there's a lot of bandwagoning happening with how bad everyone thinks this film is and the (laughs) racial insensitivity
0: of the casting sort of overshadows everything else which
1: some might argue
0: is justified but on the then, Threats Hour, we don't. Um, meet up with his girlfriend again. Horace's girlfriend again. Oh, no, they go um, to they go to um, the garden that doesn't exist anymore and we get a return of Abby Lee. Yes. Yeah, on a so, big armoured snake.
1: Yeah, so Hath, Hathor, Hathor the Goddess of Love escapes Set mm. by using her bracelet of demons that lets her travel through the underworld, which she has been to before and got seduced by demons or something.
0: I think she got seduced by demons and now is being hunted by the demons and the bracelet keeps them at bay so she takes the bracelet off mm-hmm. they steal her and she puts it back on and she can leave them
1: yeah and so then it, so it's sort of like a portal bracelet yeah and she turns up somewhere else um and yeah set sends the snake ladies to come and get the, the two kick-ass snake lady. Yeah, the two kick-ass yeah with a welcome return of Abby lee to the print and throats filmography yeah. and um and so we're not really sure why they're there, but Horace and Becca just sort of hanging out at this <laughs> other temple ruin. Yeah, and um, and then the snake people turn up. Um, we
0: get a big snake people fight.
1: And yeah, that's not a pet, a cat. It's and and I like this is a good line. I think this is undeniably a good line. But the
0: cat as a pet line is a good
1: line. That's not a pet. A cat as a pet is good. And he goes, then we should run. And he goes, run. He says, yeah. Mortals do it all the time. That's cool. And then <laughs> run, run faster, faster. I can't.
0: And then run faster. I can't. Yeah. There. This,
1: I think this, this scene really stood out to me as being much better than the other ones. The editing just tightens way up for some uh-huh. reason and I realised the actors are physically interacting with the physical tomb set when they jump down and hide mm-hmm. and, st- and there's dust and stuff going over the top and suddenly... Oh, it looks like, really nice. It's such a relief to your eye that they're like touching something <laughs> yeah. and oh, they're actually really in a place and yeah so we have a real sense of place and geography the fact that they have their little back and forth at the start and you just settle into the place and you see it and so you get a sense of where they are when they're moving around it in the action scene um and the scene has character consequences as well horace has to run away from something which he's probably never done before Mm -hmm. and he and him and Beck have to work together. They come up with the bait and switch thing, and they have to do it a couple of times before it works. Yeah. And then they get, and then he he gets a cool sort of Bond line with the snake chick, which is like, it's, it's a shame you can't fly. And he like pins her to the snake and says, neither can you, and jumps off as it goes off the cliff. Yeah. Probably the might be the best scene in the movie.
0: To I be think honest. so
1: because it works on it works on every level. And I'm only making a big deal out of it because it's surprising in this film that everyone seemed to hate. Yeah. If you actually look at the details
0: of it, yeah. Um, Mortals do it all the time. And then his girlfriend turns up and tells the other snake to burn itself to death. Yeah. Which it does because she can have power over anything that isn't in love. She can have power over anyone that isn't in love,
1: which feels like it would be a real limitation to...
0: Imagine if the snake was in love with something. That should have been that other snake that just died. Yeah,
1: you can make a thing out of that. Like she can control gods more often than mortals, because the mortals are just living their lives, being in love with each other, Mm -hmm. and the gods are all like weird, like sort of emo kids that don't, they can't really relate to each other because they're so sort of fucked up by all their powers. Mm. So then they're going to. I didn't know where they were going until they got there. But they're going to see Thoth, which is fun to say. Who's the god of wisdom, Thoth. Well, there's a H. Yeah. I want to say Thoth. Okay. The Thothster is played by Chadwick Boseman, RIP. Didn't know he was in this. Obviously great to get some more Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. But he's playing a sort of flouncy, <laughs> sort of bitchy <laughs> god of wisdom <laughs> who uh, is hell-bent on acquiring all the knowledge and wisdom in the universe and lives in a palace of a thousand of himself all working on this goal. To get there, Horus, Beck, and Hathor have to like hike through this swamp, which looked pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have a few little chats about whether Horus is really going to be able to do what he's told Beck he's going to do. And Beck gets a chance to talk to Hathor about Zion, that he's in love, and stuff like that. Yeah. So they need Thoth to help them answer the Sphinx.
0: The riddle of the Sphinx, which is... Held within Set's pyramid, and which
1: oh, which guards his fire, which they're going to put out with the water of life that they got from Ra, which will enable Horus to get his second eye back.
0: Well, Do- no, it'll weaken Set enough for Horus to fight him. And okay, and then
1: we have to get his... So there's yeah, there's yeah, because
0: they don't know where his eye is, but they assume that that's where his power is kept. So they have to put the fire out. Yeah. Um, and so they journey to this pyramid. Yeah. And Th- The Riddle of the Sphinx.
1: Good point. Good I like the Thoth's palace bit and he's I know the I've um I know the true names of all the stars. I've seen the world created from sand and water. I like all that stuff. That is pretty cool. And then and Brenton volunteers much like a hobbit. Yeah. When they're all like arguing about who's who's going to do it. And then um and, like and so because because so Brenton tricks Thoth into helping them by appealing to his vanity. And then Horace says, Well done, to Beck at the end. Mm. It's a little, another little character moment. A little brown out. So, like, their relationship is very imperfect in terms of what you're trying to get out of it narratively, but it's still there and given a lot of screen time. They hike through the red desert and they will hang out and chat for a bit. Brenton asks him where he observed the, un- the start of the universe from if it hadn't started yet. Great question. <laughs> Loving it. Horace saying that he he doesn't have that much power, he didn't choose the path of revenge, Um, and that, yes, he's lied to Brenton about being able to bring Zaya back, but if he didn't tell him that lie and they don't get rid of Set, then they're all going to die. So have I really done the wrong thing? Just a surprising degree of ethical reflection occurring
0: Mm. in
1: this um, uh, sort of CGI smash vest. Another good line about Hathor, the goddess of love. She's got a big heart, room enough for a crowd in there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> sex. Yeah. He's, he's talking about sex. And you know. He talking about It's interesting.
1: Sex. I like how much they engage with the idea of, yeah, if your girlfriend is the goddess of love. You know, you don't want to judge her for that being her role in life, but I can't imagine <laughs> why that would make it difficult to engage in a monogamous relationship with that person. <laughs> I'm not saying it's possible, but there'd be some complexities there. Um, he's able to talk to Azoya in the afterlife. She, Hathor, conjures kind of her a little sand hologram.
0: Which was pretty cool. Like, I like the little sand thing and the you Yeah. That's a nice little magic trick.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, but... But at this point, they were really wishing they had pants on. because a lot of wind so around. So much sand. Yeah. They get to the Pyramid of Moving Bricks, and Beck sort of dives through with luck. Yep. He's able to turn off the wheel. As you should. And then Thoth tries to answer the Sphinx's riddle. The Sphinx says, what am I?
0: I enjoy that he answers straight away.
1: He's like, order. I didn't know you could just like guess a thousand answers.
0: You can't. There are th- usually... Th- Three guesses. Well, not here. In the story of the Sphinx, you usually get three guesses. Well, Isaac, here that's he clearly shit. Thoth
1: says like fifteen answers. Well, he says two, and I feel like no, he, he he says order, purity, what never was, imaginary.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, well, um.
1: And then he says tomorrow, and then the fire is exposed. But then Set is there, and he absorbs Thoth's brain into himself, and Thoth dies. But
0: well, no, he just t- rips the brain out. Yeah. And holds
1: it. Yeah, but that, that's him taking the. Well, he absorbs it later through via the mech suit. Yeah, which we'll virus, get to.
0: weird mech suit. But yeah, he steals, and he convinces the brain. Beck that
1: Horace is lying, so he gets the water of life back. And so I like that their plan completely gets There's fucked no up, work. and it's a real setback for the heroes. Yeah, and the pyramid collapses. Horace protects them by holding the wheel up, and they're like, "You fuck's sake." What are we gonna do now?
0: And I like when they defeat the Sphinx after answering it, and just goes, "Oh bother," and turns back, back yeah. in the sand.
1: Winnie the Sphinx.
0: <laughs> oh bother! He's
1: <laughs> so weird. Yeah, what are you? Just laughing at a certain point. Yeah. And now Beck and Horace break up. He says, no, I know. Finally, I I know the lessons of the gods that we don't matter to you. And you see, Horace is conflicted because he's hurt his little mate that he was initially just manipulating, but now has become emotionally attached to. He says, well, now you know. Yes. I am Jamie Lannister, and I'm not to be trusted. Hathor lets Beck go to see Zaya one more time before she goes through the mirror portal to... The,
0: to non, forever Afterworld.
1: To, the, to the, the, the bad afterlife. I liked the Hall of Two Truths with the giant zombies mm-hmm. up on Vormir. Robin Nevin is there. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Set puts all the, like, God's Infinity Stones together into a super mech suit. And he's, like, so he's got the heart of Osiris. He's got the all-seeing eye. He's got Thoth brain, And he just, like, powers up into sort of a Megatron kind of mode. Oh, yeah. but, and I didn't know this was going to be an option at all. Like They should have set up the mech suit idea earlier on like I didn't know he was getting all of the gods things yeah in order to supercharge himself well great when
0: the, there's a line earlier on that um they said that he cut up the body of Osiris but they never found his heart so okay that's, that's, but I didn't know
1: you could do anything with that yeah no. I thought he might just have it weirdly in a jar when to show people when they come over for dinner the
0: brain turned into gems I think we're supposed to realise that the heart would that, have turned into a gem as well.
1: That we've got an infinity stone situation on it. Yeah, hands. yeah. So then he goes to see Ra in space, That's and this is word. and this is good, but it should have happened earlier, because I think it really sh- sets up sort of the three dimensionality to sets motivations, his mm. resentments towards Ra, yeah, and that. The, like he never really he before this he never specifically says that he didn't like being out in the desert that whole time.
0: He doesn't state it. No.
1: He like, as far as we know he's just been. You're like yeah this is my thing. But he's like I'm no. By the way, the rest as well. Why did I have to be in the desert that whole time? And then Ra says, "Well, I wanted you to. Your test is you're going to come up here and you're going to do the splogies at the at the chaos worm. <laughs> the and I and. <laughs> and Set is like, fuck that, dude. No. <laughs> I'd. And it's interesting that Rai sort of comforting him. with Like, yeah, we die, but we go to the afterlife as well. Yeah, like the gods have a lifespan. Away. They get tired and eventually die. And they still go to the afterlife. And Set says, no, I deserve way more than that. I've conquered everywhere with, in, with mascara beetles and my green hornet helmet. I want to. I want to chill out <laughs> with my bros in my kingdom forever, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to do that.
0: And, and now I'm going to start. I'm going to murder you.
1: He's. He needs to devour the afterlife itself. Oh,
0: it's so weird.
1: Unleash chaos onto creation, not to destroy it, but to reshape it. At this point, <laughs> I'm just having a great time. <laughs> yes, please. Um, so Ra gets bigger and fires some lava at him, but Set has the well, mech suit, big, bigger. and he stabs him, and then he wields his own staff and he and he fires it at him, and he hits Ra, and it burns half of the ship away, so the Ra falls out and down into space. Meanwhile, so back at Vormir, the gate has been broken, <laughs> so gate so chaos is starting to bleed through, and Anubis has to hold the chaos back yeah. using his powers, and is like. Can't do this forever, guys. If there's a way to stop this, I'd probably go do that if I were you. And Beck was like, I'm on it.
0: I'm a regular person. I would love I will,
1: to. I'm on it. Don't worry about it. Anubis <laughs> that I'm talking to. Set comes back down. So literally talking to the Grim I'm Rebrew literally talking like, to I got this bro. Okay, I'm, I'm glad you brought this to me. I'm going to go back. <laughs> Nephthys sends sends the lads a chariot to fly them back to their capital, as it's called. So they fly back with all these birds. And they're coming in. Set comes back down, and he sets up your sky beam, which is to draw, intentionally draw the Chaos Worm towards the Nile, because that's the source of all life, it as is. we know. Yeah. And Especially on Discworld. Intentionally to get the worm to eat everything but then, set will be in control of it somehow and just create a whole new reality. Mm. So it's sort of Thanos's second plan in Endgame.
0: Yes, the spaceworm, like, Galactus. We're, we're
1: going to turn the universe off and on again, and this time it'll be better because I'll be in charge. <laughs> Which, I mean, you know, we've all thought that. Have Sometimes we? you feel like that. You know, if there wasn't off, off again, on again option,
0: I read a thing the other day that's like, why didn't Thanos just do another click and say everyone forgets about this? Like do the first click, everyone disappears, and click, everyone forgets about those people.
1: I think the answer to that would be he might not have the power to do two clicks.
0: Well, he does two clicks. The second one's to destroy the beans. Yeah, yeah, the beans. The magic beans he, he, he clicks yeah. again, and the beanstalk beans go away.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get the impression that you can't do that many clicks. Like you can't just be...
0: You can't just be clicking all the time unless you can't your just, clicks are quite small. You
1: can't be doing West Side Story with the gauntlet
0: on. Yeah, unless your clicks are real small, like one person at a time. Click, poof, click, poof.
1: Yeah, maybe click if it's just little dust, things. Dust, like dust, you could just click yourself dust, a BLT dust, dust, dust. and that doesn't
0: <laughs> yeah. nearly kill you.
1: But if you do click out half the universe... Every,
0: every time you're just losing a hair. Yeah. <laughs> but Thanos is already bald, so...
1: <laughs> so, he doesn't, so he doesn't care, so he's having BLTs all the time. Um, they have to get Ryo's spear back. So then they go up the obelisk with Rufus. They have a fight on the platform. Horace, like climbs the hieroglyphs on the outside of the tower, like that. And um, Burton wins in a fight against Rufus Sewell, which obviously...
0: Obviously.
1: And then there's a fight between Horace and Set on the top of the tower. And look...
0: On one you're of not, the only physical sets that was actually... It's a built. physical
1: set. And look, you're not winning any Oscars, but it looked... F- fine
0: it was fun
1: yeah it's just a fight between these two yeah. guys and don't don't fall off the edge
0: it was um, like that the ending of every episode of gladiators in nineteen 19- yeah. ninety-five.
1: horace has the option to save his eye or beck and he chooses beck
0: as your bloody would. cause
1: you're all because because bros before eyes of <laughs> horace and um and this, and this one maybe, I can't believe, like this film was funny the whole time. It's trying to be funny the whole time. <laughs> like they're about to, like it's the climax of the movie. And he goes, don't you think your eye would have been more useful? And and Horace goes, probably yes. <laughs> yeah. As Set is like melting the gold of the temple down to finally kill them. And so they fall. But because Horace made the choice to save his friend, he is... He has realized his path, which was not revenge, but the saving of his people, and he's now able to transform into his animal self, even though he doesn't, <laughs> even though he doesn't have the eye, yep. because he did the right thing. And then they fly around fighting for ages. He finally rips Set's wings off, and oh. they fall down in like the inside the building. scaffolding of the collapsing tower, and mm. Set is bleeding out on the floor, so surrounded by gold. gold, and he's like. I spared you once, didn't I? And Horus is like, "Yes, you did. Good point." And then just stabs yeah, him in make the make chest. A
0: That's a good way to kill him.
1: Yeah, it's like, "Yeah, you did." Sucks to be you. And just, <laughs> oh! And then he gets Ra's spear back to him. He's floating in space like Superman. There's a there's one shot at the end which looks fucking amazing. Where it's just like a wide shot of Egypt and the tower is collapsing but then the background the space worm is just like coming along through that like devouring the landscape
0: yeah up the nile
1: yeah mm. great
0: no it's pretty... if
1: you're into that kind of thing which then, you should be which you should be because yeah it because it's not just pretty pictures it does actually have like yeah. mythological and dramatic when, content when to visual
0: it effects work properly
1: then things do get a little bit sort of r- rocky again like beck's death He's like lying against a curb yeah. in the village or whatever, and Horace like finds him like the next morning, like well, the no, sun is straight after the like sun. Well, the, but like the sun has risen. It been is a very all night. yeah, but it's dark at when he when he falls <laughs> down there, and then he comes back and he's like, oh hey, you're still here, um, and is like, uh, yeah, yeah, oh, and just sort of goes limp, <laughs> like oh, you, you didn't have to do it that way. And Ra turns up, and he gives, and he says, "Horace, you did such a good job. You can now have anything you want, mate. Basically, what would you like?" And Horace is like, "Well, all I would ask is for my little mate to come back and his girlfriend. <laughs> my
0: little friend over there. I would like his little, his little he's, eye candy.
1: He's my, he's 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 my Mushu. <laughs> and without I can't him, do this without him. Without him, my character dynamic doesn't work." <laughs> and his girlfriend please and Ra's like well it will fuck with all of creation but let's just do it this one time whatever um, and so they both get to come back to life i thought that's pretty good
0: yeah and then there's a terrible speech
1: yes then then Horus is is Jesus Aragorn <laughs> and says from now on the afterlife is earned by good deeds compassion and generosity oh. what we do in this life matters and it's like, yeah, whatever, dude.
0: But the way that, like, what we do in this life matters is yelled, as though this is a motto now. What we do yeah. in this life matters, as if Everyone's that, like, yeah!
1: as if that's been like the conceit of the film the yeah! whole time. It's like, yeah, Whoa! that's been, that's, that's been just how you the case. Your fucking life in that's, general, bro. that's been the case the whole time. <laughs> we had to earn lots of money before. Now, actually, all we have to do is be kind, and we get into the afterlife. So it actually matters a bit less. <laughs> In a way. Yeah. But we are very glad to have a Christian morality now. Thank you.
0: Yeah, you're white. You're blonde hair instead of brown. Yeah. Cool. Cool.
1: (laughs) I like this Danish guy. He's cooler than Brian Brown. I like him more. I like this new one.
0: He doesn't have a beard.
1: No, I like, yeah. None of them have beards. uh, Except for Gerard. Gerard yeah Because he's because he's because he's scar, butler. and Beck is his chief advisor, and he's low key in charge of Egypt sometimes. Yeah. While Horace goes off to just like to save fly his girlfriend and, again. Yeah. Yeah. So he's kind of he becomes kind of like the happy to his Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's the end. And that's the end.
0: That's the Egypt gods. And that's the Planet, that's Egypt, planet gods. Egypt gods.
1: Um. So gonna... it's good that Set is really villainous and has like he does bad things on screen.
0: Yes, we get to see him do proper it, bad things. Like two specific his
1: characters. Ex-wife. Yeah, again, there's the absence of the common people and its impact on them, which yeah. should be brought into it more. But yeah, like cutting the um, Nephthys's wings off. Um, look, the depiction of women isn't particularly good. No. Um, the female gods don't transform into anything at any time. Those two well, chicks that are badass—they ride are depicted snakes. Depicted
0: as females in hieroglyphs as well. Like all the male gods have animal heads. Yeah, but the female gods <laughs> well, just are females. Ah. with glowy, glowy things on top of their heads.
1: Mm, so if anyone's trying to make a you know a gender critique of this film, it's actually just being strictly historically accurate. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna leg to stand on. Um. Uh. Yeah, and none of the women do any. Fighting in particular, they like they their only power is through seduction and things like that. So so, you know, there's lots of there's, there's lots of to... pro- problematic aspects to this film. Yes. I but I think in but the more I look at it, the more I
0: You had fun. You had a good time.
1: I did have fun. In terms of the Brenton of it, Brenton fits very well into planet Egypt world. Yeah. But I think his He is hamstrung a little bit here by by his dual roles as emotional heart with dying girlfriend and comedic relief as the small friend to someone who is known to be smaller than him.
0: On the inside.
1: And I think he should have gotten more cool, interesting things to do in his action scenes, like when he's jumping through the pyramids and stuff, which we've kind of glossed over here because there's not a lot to it. No, he just kind of jumpy jumps, and
0: and not even much. Like he should like that. There, there should have been more traps in the last one that he had to do. Trap trap.
1: More on. traps, yeah, yeah. That he that he. Gets to While do.
0: the useless giants are like, <sighs> ugh. Yeah,
1: and maybe ugh. and have Horace try to get through one and can't, and then Beck can. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because he's better.
1: Beck should have answered the Sphinx riddle. Him, I, I thought he
0: did. Well, he yells, well he, says, to, so he yells. he says He um, like says, think like a mortal. Think like a mortal,
1: yeah. Yeah, because tomorrow doesn't have a lot of meaning if you're immortal, does it really? No. Okay, so we don't score Brenton's movies. We rank them. We're a ranking podcast. Yeah. Um, and we rank them exactly. from our most favourite to our least preferred. So this is this is the 12th movie going on the
0: list. He's been a busy boy.
1: So would you say this Would do we like this movie more than Charge Over You? Yeah. Ride? Yep. Blue Lagoon. Yeah. That sugar film. Yeah. Save your legs. Yep. The Signal. Yeah. Ruben Guthrie. Yeah. The Giver. Yeah. Yeah. Oculus. Yeah. Maleficent. Yeah. Son of a Gun.
0: Yeah.
1: Which of these movies do I like better? I like them obviously for very different reasons. Mm. See, this Son of a Gun performance is strong, but still quite muted.
0: He gets to have a lot more fun in this.
1: He does.
0: And do Yeah, we get a lot
1: more sort of colour.
0: He does stuff in this. Yeah. No, son of a gun, he doesn't go running around anywhere. There's no parkour.
1: No, he just sort of sits in that vent.
0: Yeah, he's chilled.
1: Is this our favourite Brenton Thwaites movie?
0: I think thus far.
1: Have I talked you into this? Because you were very negative on it at the start. Yeah, I still don't like
0: it. But (laughs) I think think at at this point, it might be our...
1: I feel like I'm getting more into this sort of movie as time goes by. Yeah, I, it's I, the I chaos do, worm for I me. Do,
0: I do. I think it's more fun than Son of a Gun. That Ryan unintentionally. It is
1: more fun than it's more fun than Son of a Gun. Yeah,
0: I think I, I think we put it but in. But I,
1: I do like the grittiness of Son of a Gun.
0: Yeah, but it's not as gritty as it could have been. That's the thing. Well, That's nothing thing. ever is. Well, some things are. No, nothing ever is. Yes, yeah, um, just do it. Just do it. What's okay, going to happen? This is mental. What's going to happen? How's this going to come back to us? It's not. Well, we're going to... Well, We're about to find out who he fights, who he wins in a fight, this and that's is more us. important. That's actually more important. This
1: is unbelievable <laughs> that this is at the top. But this is us not giving into peer pressure. You're okay? damn <laughs> Okay. And so the other very important ranking we do is which of all Britain's characters would win in a fight, <laughs> which still has not become any less funny no matter how often we do it. So, do you think that Beck from Gods of Egypt would beat the guy from Ride? Definitely. Coked up Chet? Undoubtable. Uh, Save your legs with a cricket bat? Undoubtable. Oculus PTSD?
0: No doubt in my mind.
1: Blue Lagoon Panther Killer? Zero doubt. Maleficent? Definitely. Sword Floppy Hair? Definitely. Real life Brenton from that sugar film?
0: I think so real life Brenton's probably never gone through traps in a pyramid before
1: but he did go through these traps on a green screen he did see this character doesn't use a weapon but he could his own his weapon is his mortality
0: but he uses that that rope though isn't that rope pretty good
1: yeah see I feel like this He's got that I feel rope like hook. I feel like I feel like Beck could get away from real life Brenton
0: but, Bre- but would he Beck beat him in a fight real life Brenton into other traps <laughs> it depends on the location of the fight. Are we fighting inside
1: a trap <laughs> pyramid? Exactly. We haven't decided a location for this Brenton fight. But also, Brenton
0: has been subjected to a lot more... Um, sorry. Beck has been subjected to a lot more danger than Brenton has been subjected to. So,
1: real life Brenton might struggle a little bit, whereas... Yeah. Okay, Like, all Beck's right.
0: taken a bit... Beck's technically died. True. Come back. Yeah. But we don't know what Ra bringing someone back from the dead would mean. Okay. Yeah. So Couldn't it's resurrected. Actually, have superpowers now.
1: Resurrected Beck, who's yeah, resurrected. in charge. Res- <laughs> <laughs> he's been resurrected and he's in charge of Egypt.
0: I think. I think he might be able to take Brenton.
1: Okay, I understand that reasoning. Son of a gun. He's got a machine gun.
0: He does. Thus far, to our knowledge, he has a machine gun. <laughs> So it can't beat, yeah. He's not beating I Body Slam think, Angel. I like, still hand-to-hand, Beck could take Son of a Gun.
1: He could take it. It would be pretty evenly matched, I think. Yeah,
0: he's not going to beat Super Legs.
1: He's not beating Super Legs, Body Slam Angel, or Jonas with Mind Powers.
0: Yeah, he can't beat Mind Powers, Jonas. But I'd put him above Son of a Gun. Because
1: Jonas remembers Planet Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you have to remember. Because it's in the past. Jonas knows all of this happened. <laughs> okay, so maybe below Son of a Gun.
0: No, I reckon above. Out of Son respect. Of a gun. Okay. Does Son of a Gun have a machine gun?
1: He does have a machine gun, and I just think Son of a Gun has a kind of scrappy energy he that would give a him an edge. Energy, yeah. A lot of these characters don't have that scrappy energy.
0: Well, like Beck like Son got of a, a pretty Gun, scrappy energy. Yeah, but Son but His of a is Gun has like a loose scrappy energy.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit looser. He's more just, like, he's good at running away. Son of a gun has been to prison. So the
0: fight begins, and a lot of people fall off. Beck just leaves. At a, at a certain point, Beck makes his way out of the ring. Yeah, but then he comes back in her.
1: at the end. He, Well, no, he dies at the start, but then he gets resurrected.
0: <laughs> resurrected is like, yep, I'm popping out, guys. Yeah. I've only got nine of these.
1: Okay, <laughs> so Beck is fifth. He's beating real life Brenton. For now. For now. We can always realize this. We
0: may realize things about Brenton as we go through this. True. That will bring real life Brenton up. Yeah. That's super
1: legs. All right, everyone. Thank you very much for listening. If you've been enjoying the show, uh, we agree. We have been as well. (laughs) Um, Thank thank you for doing so. And uh, tell a friend. Tell Tell a friend. Tell a cousin. Do, ancestry, do ancestry.com find like your 20th cousin removed email them tell them about this podcast use this podcast to break the ice at family reunions with cousins you think you might have political differences with put them aside and say hey what about gods of Egypt you know casting issues aside surprisingly strong narratively and you know they really put a lot of effort into the visuals
0: Did they?
1: I didn't say they nailed it I said they put a lot of effort in and Brenton's great. And Brenton and Brenton's great. In it. True. So, you know, next time you're going speed dating, just start every conversation with what do you think about Brenton Thwaites? And that Which will,
0: Brenton Thwaites character would win in a fight.
1: That will sort the wheat from the chat. If they've got an answer if they're just like super legs, like you're not bloody wrong, mate.
0: <laughs> if they go currently super legs.
1: Currently super legs, but I'm waiting to see what they decide in future episodes, <laughs> then you know you've got a winner. <laughs> Alright. Enjoy your day, everyone. And savour the little things. And the big things. The big middle ones, forget about yeah, them. Yeah, they're not important. Because they should have made a choice to be big or if small. If it means
0: something to you in any way, shape, or form, savor it. Yeah.
1: And if it doesn't mean anything, uh, savor that as well, because meaning is where you choose to see it. Okay, bye everyone.